everyone, welcome to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm your co-host Meg Hayes. I'm Meg Trowbridge. I'm Kate Elston. And we are no longer in Trump's motherfucking America. The relief that I feel I was not expecting, like the physical undoing of tension is so amazing. My kegels are just flapping, flapping in the wind, completely unclenched. (laughs) Um, was it Meg Hayes that said that uh, on election night that it was a little, like, still a little shameful that our country looks like it just got bled on, like it's a maxi pad because <laughs> yes. of all the red that is still in the country? <laughs> um, yeah, I did say but, that. But, I mean, like, already Biden saying he's going to reverse, like, DACA restrictions. He's going to mm. get us back into Paris climate. He's going to, like, do this amazing coronavirus task force. Like, oh, Okay, now we're we're back. We're back, America. It feels normal. Yeah, it feels normal again. Yeah. I mean, and I know like the word normal people are so stressed out about. Like we still have so much more work to do. But even just going on CNN's front page and not seeing Trump's name. Yeah. That is amazing. And not just hearing the latest thing to be outraged that he said, yeah. you know, like it's going to be a game changer. Right. So... Congratulations to everyone, even the non-Americans. You did this. Yeah, you <laughs> we did all it. did this. You did it, um, Ireland. You did it, India. <laughs> everyone, we're just happy to not have a dictator oh. in our White House. Well, I for saw, another two months anyway. Right. I saw a link um, from, I think it was Planned Parenthood, that was also celebrating um, how supportive Kamala has been f- uh, for reproductive rights. Like Planned Parenthood nice. was like, She's really showed up for us. So that's and it's, nice. Yeah. And it's funny that I forgot how monumental that nomination was going to be regarding her. Right. Until I got the news, the New York Times news alert and was like, and it said, you know, like Biden beats Trump. Harris makes history as first female vice president. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that was also something on the ballot that like. And it's cool. It's cool that like it 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 was sort of not the biggest thing. You yeah. Know? I don't know. Like the biggest thing was just getting rid of Trump. Right. Yeah. Um, I wish it kind of was a bigger deal. It like got so buried in all this other bullshit that it was like, I think. Oh, right. This is yeah. This is a big ass but deal. I think. But I think in a lot of ways, maybe that helps. You know that it because like they maybe have they may have learned from. Hillary Clinton's 2016 run where she leaned on it, which I'm like, yeah, every every white man leans on their identity. Every Christian, every Republican, like I'm a conservative Christian. But like when a woman does it, it's suddenly identity politics. But I do think that for it probably was a conscious effort to not make it such a huge deal Mm. for her. Yeah. Um, Because of sexism. Also, I will say that someone, I can't remember who or I saw this, but, you know, Harris is the first female vice president. She's the first black vice president, South Asian vice president. But the I saw this somewhere that, like, she's also the first Gen X person to be in the White House. And the fact that they haven't what? mentioned, no one's mentioned that is, like, the most Gen X thing ever. It's right, like, yeah. <laughs> Gen X just gets, like, overlooked all the yeah. time. So <laughs> true. so funny. I liked on um, SNL. Uh, the joke they had for her, she was like, I'm the first woman, the first black woman, first South Asian woman, first daughter of immigrants, first biracial woman, uh, and my husband will be the first Jewish second gentleman. So we check off more boxes than an uh, illegal ballot or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Good one. 
I got, yeah, I got a really cute um, message from my cousin saying like, all those kids in Hebrew school will grow up one day to know that they too could be the second gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. It feels great. It feels really good. So um, does anyone have like a period update? Anything to share? Um, I do. Step aside. (laughs) Um, Again, like just shout out to all my pill people out there. Your period is real. Your period is valid. (laughs) I will always love you. Meg has gone off birth control. I am gone off birth control. I am recording. I am on day two. Day one was um, nerve wracking because I was really afraid I was going to just pass out. It Like I did have some cramps, but I was more just bracing myself for like the worst period that God has ever given someone. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story, but the last time I went off birth control, I almost passed out at work. I was substitute teaching and it was like a middle of the pack type of thing where I had missed two or three days and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stop and then start up again after my period comes. And that messed me up really bad. I felt faint while I was substitute teaching. I almost fell down. I must have been white because the kids were freaking out. Whoa. They like they looked they looked visibly concerned for me and they... (laughs) So I called the office and I was like, someone needs to come and cover for me. I need to go to the bathroom. And like the blood was like a deep red, like deep, dark red. And it's just one of the, you know, where you feel like all the blood and energy is drained from your face. That's how I felt. And so I, I left. I was like, I don't feel comfortable being with kids. You guys need to find someone to cover me. Like, I don't feel safe being. These kids are about to be the primary <laughs> adult of children when I almost just fainted. And like, I probably. No, I couldn't have stuck it out. Like, screw that. I needed to go home. Like, yeah. this is why we need menstrual leave, because I almost fainted right. at work because yeah. of a period. Right. And the kids wrote me wrote me notes when I got back from the bathroom. Like, <laughs> I hope you feel better. Like, Aww. I think they were legit concerned. Sweetie babies. Um, so I went home and slept for two to three hours straight. Like, I was yeah. exhausted. So that's why I've been scared to go off birth control. But day two, so far, so good. Um, I did stain a teeny, teeny, tiny bit on my pants overnight, but nothing crazy. And just going through those things quicker than I typically would. Mm-hmm. It quicker than you think, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's one. pretty much everything. I think that's all to report. I mean, I'm excited to hear how the rest of the days go. May they Thank be short lived and light. Megtro, what's what's new with your cycle? Um, I don't think there's anything new. Uh, I'm feeling just like pretty good about the product situation I've got going on. Like now granted, so I've got the Nixit that I use uh, like every cycle, but I typically only use it on my heaviest day. And then I like switch it up between like Lola light tampons and like (laughs) reusable pads, but I'm just, and thinks, and I'm like, this is nice. It's nice when, cause like I, uh, I think part of it is that I don't always like I'm tender enough during the period that I don't always like inserting something. Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to have like alternate options besides something that goes in. Um, And I didn't realize that until really like playing with products and finding that out. And now I'm just like, I'm totally prepared for every period. 
That feels good. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kate, how's your discharge? Who? Uh... <laughs> It's been triggering Carl to keep asking if the cats have peed somewhere because I think I smell like cat pee. Like that's like this is like three times in a row recently he's been like because we're very alert on like cat urine, you know, because like our cat does when she gets nervous. There's just a history of like peeing on our things. So she hasn't in a really long time, but it's still like top of our mind. So Yes, I might be discharge Maybe I'm not showering as much also. But Carl like three times has been like, do you smell cat pee? And I'm like, I think it's I think it's just me. And he's like, I don't know. And he gets a little closer to me. He's like, oh, yeah, um, I no, it's 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 I don't smell it anymore. Actually, like, I'm smelling flowers. Smelling cat flowers pee. is what I was smelling. It's like, I think what I yeah, what I was smelling was a a, a beautiful pregnant wife of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Does not smell like, and I'm like, it's fine. I I can smell that I smell different. Um, that's but amazing. I am guys. I'm like t minus three and a half weeks or something. Drops out, and oh my god, I've been peeing so much more. And I think it's because they say when like the baby is almost ready, a couple weeks out, the baby will drop, which like crushes your bladder even more so. And so I have had bouts of times where I've gone to the bathroom, peed, wiped, flushed wash my hands and been like, ah, I still got to go return to the toilet. And that like five times in a row and like little bits keep coming out. And finally I was just like, I can't keep returning to the bathroom. So I just put in an overnight pad. Yeah. And I was like, if I leak, then this is what will happen. But I forgot how awful pads are. (laughs) And I have these like huge ass long pads that are overnight pads that I'm sure that I'll use postpartum. Are they still the ones from the sketch you wrote? They are from a sketch from five years ago when I bought 80 overnight pads (laughs) for a sketch. It was a a visual gag. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to use those postpartum, but they suck. They go from like belly button to tip of butt crack. (laughs) They go to your tailbone, like past your tailbone. (laughs) It was awful. So I'm like, so maybe I'll just put on. See, the thing, I can't fit into my thinks because I'm too. Yeah, you got to get some new new big thinks. Yeah. Or I'll just, you know, it's. Yeah, I just got to I got to figure out what I'm doing. But anyway, so that's been my urine update. <laughs> I smell like cat pee and I am peeing more. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> Exciting Life times. Life is great. Um, have, we have a phone call I wanted oh! to play. Ooh. It comes from a listener who listened to the episode on my conceiving and conception story. Um, and if you guys remember, I talk about an HSG, which is a hysterosalpingography I don't know if I got that I right I think that's really I think it's hysterosalpingogram there we go yes <laughs> that but this is where they shoot purple dye in through a catheter through your cervix so it can uh they can look at your fallopian tubes in real time under an x-ray to see if the purple dye is going through your tubes unblocked um so yeah so we had a phone call about a listener's experience with that procedure here it is Hi, Vicious Cycle. It is your favorite irrational bitch and roller derby skater, Josie. I am calling because I wanted to call about my HSG experience. So when I started listening to the podcast this morning, I like slammed on my brakes in my car because I literally had my HSG about a month ago. Um, But I wanted to tell you guys about my HSG experience it was like the complete opposite than what Kate was explaining. Mine was extremely painful. 
I had to lay there for like five minutes because I thought I was going to throw up and pass out or maybe pass out and throw up. I don't know. Um, but I had myself convinced that my HSG was going to be bad. I was going to get bad results because I, of course, went on WebMD like an idiot. <laughs> and they said, if you feel pain, it probably means one of your tubes is blocked. So I'm laying there trying not to throw up or pass out. I'm looking at the screen that this doctor has rolled over, and I'm looking at the picture, and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is totally fucked up. And he's like, yeah, hey, look, it's fine. That's what I get for trying to self-diagnose myself. But the last thing I wanted to say was thank you guys so much for covering that. Um, I start Clomid this cycle, so please wish me luck in this experience. Kate, I'm so excited to hear about your baby experience and Megs, I love you guys too. Um, keep calm and bleed everywhere. Thanks again. Bye. So, so there you go, Josie. Another HSG experience. Um, next episode, we talk to Dr. Kate and we talk more about HSG and Meg Tro shares a little bit of her experience too with it. So, um, Josie, stay tuned because stay yes, tuned. I do think that my experience maybe was Pain, seamless and apparently painless. I didn't know that like it could cause pain. Kate's so uterus crazy. looks like the model that everyone has in their doctor's, <laughs> doctor's office. office. <laughs> I've been wondering because I've really truly had such a, a a seamless pregnancy so far. Knock on wood. I know a lot of things can change, but I wondered. So here's I, we're you know we're Carl and I are looking at a lot of like birthing videos and like instructions, and we're having phone calls with nurses. And one thing we keep hearing, and I'm not saying that like this is why I have been painless and seamless and whatever. But they do say that there is this cycle of like tension, pain, and fear, right? In like anything you go through. If you're scared of something, then you're tense. And then that causes more pain, which makes you scared, which causes more tension. It's just like a never, it's a vicious cycle. Hey. Um, And that's what they tell you when you're like in labor. So like, that's why they want you to not be stressed during labor. They want you to have your partner there because, you know, it's, there is a tension, pain, fear, cycle and so I wonder if I just went into the HSG just being like this will be fine Mm -hmm. you know like I didn't go on Mayo Clinic or WebMD you know like and maybe that's just because I'm I was a little naive and thinking that but I don't know I just I've been thinking a lot about that about myself like maybe I'm just like not reading online stuff has made this experience better because when you're not scared then you don't tense up and then you don't have pain yeah um so it's anyway, probably a mix of all of those things. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, can't say that's the only reason. I mean, I'm definitely lucky that things have been just, going smoothly. Just but. based on your menstrual cup experience that you were like, oh, it just right in there. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's pantsless. definitely multiple things. I'm a um, perfect specimen is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Well, but I, I do think there's something too. I think some research is good, but when it's to know all the things that could go wrong like eventually no one's really doing themselves any favors by like right, you right. know over researching yeah. i mean i just went to my colposcopy and i was definitely a lot less anxious than the first time but it was worse the second time oh Ugh. that stinks yeah, yeah and it was more painful you're the body that they're in the gyno <laughs> classes that they're like huh <laughs> just a question mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well thank you so much Josie for calling in and if you have a story you want to share with us call our hotline 9106 uterus that's right okay so let's get into the bleed search for this episode so this will be a nice little I think just trip down science lane 
Um, It's the uh, bleed search I did on male birth control. Um, We recorded this a few months ago. Um, There's an 80s song at the end, so stay tuned for that. And on the other side of this bleed search, we'll come back and we'll do a Why I Cried. I'm sure we have many reasons. Can't think of one thing. Can't not. (laughs) Uh, So let's take you to the bleed search. Great. So this today's bleed search is... Um, it's very science heavy, uh, so you know, like yes, ones in the past. Buckle up, uh, please buckle up and uh, like science apologies. nerds, you're welcome. <laughs> um, also, um, as I'm sure you've seen by the title of this episode, which I'm sure will include something about this, but this is about what is known as male birth control uh, and why there isn't much of it. Um, so a lot of the articles and trials that I'll reference, they use terms men and women. Um, it's unclear if any of these research or studies or reports included non-binary folks mm. or trans folks. So that's just something to keep in mind. And, you know, you know, I'll y- try to use non-gender specific or terms. Or assigned as male at birth or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it is, and we're also talking very heteronormative sex, sure. P and V, and why there isn't birth control for the people with the p but there is a lot of options for the people with the v's okay <laughs> also of options lots of options um stick some lemon way, juice in there stick some p- papyrus and <laughs> mud from the nile drink right uh, blacksmith water when you said papyrus i thought in my head i heard papaya and I was like, when do people honestly, put papaya Kate, probably. Up there? Like, let's I be mean, real. honestly, someone's tried it. Yeah, someone has done it. Someone for, in Venezuela sure. back in the day. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so let's just remind people about the development of birth control for people with vaginas. Um, we covered this a little bit, I believe, in our third ever episode um, back in the day. Um, but just as a recap, um, in the late 1950s, the pill started to be developed. Um, up until this point, the church was like super weirdly influential in like what we did in the bedroom, um, as they always are. And for yeah, a while, the they experts, had obviously. they are. I mean, they would know what's best for us. That and like marriage, they know because yes. they are very yes. well versed in both those. Go things. to your priest first, always. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the, the the Catholic Church had a very steadfast view against like any sex that wasn't for procreating. So they were even against like condoms and like even pulling out i think it was just like they were against pulling out i mean i i think from what i read like they were if you weren't having sex to procreate then what are you doing um this is why i'm so or if you were having sex just for pleasure (laughs) what are you doing right um what would you say meg i said this is why i'm so fucked up (laughs) yeah and exhibit like exhibit z and like (laughs) both of my gram like both of my great grandmothers of like are like one of 12 this is right. all exactly. Yeah. Um, but as we know, in the late 50s, the pill started to be developed and one of the scientists was Catholic. So he kind of argued to the church that the pill was OK because it was dealing and, and supplementing women with hormones that they already had. It was a natural like pill mm-hmm. um, and it kept them bleeding, as we remember, like they oh, kept right. the, the, the fourth the at the fourth week she bled. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they still feel disgusting and bad about themselves once a month, I'm fine with it. Exactly. The fourth day that God created the earth, women bleeded, and the fourth week they're still bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> they did bleed it. You're they right over that. They bleed everywhere. Um, and God and said, it is good. It is good, and it is brown. 
Okay. And then Anywho. Eve ate the apple and she got her first cramp. <laughs> it's a circle of life. Yeah. Um, vicious cycle. Anywho. Um, so, they, yeah, they said, hey, listen, this pill is good. It keeps women bleeding. It, it's pumping them with hormones that they already have. And it doesn't mess with men's sperm. Okay? Everyone cool? Everyone cool? So the Catholic Church was, like, semi-okay with it. Um, and so, yeah, they kind of gave their their blessing. They, they father, son, holy spirited over a bunch of pills, probably. Uh-huh. And that's how we got the pill. Um, also, I think they, before that, had sort of been okay with the idea of people taking birth control if it was needed to, like, regulate endometriosis or other medical things. Mm. But I would love to go over, let's back up even more than that. I would love to go over a timeline of birth control in the U.S. when it comes to birth control policies. Um, and I got this from ourbodiesourselves.org. And surprise, surprise, the history of birth control is riddled with racism. Right. There you go. In the United States of America? I don't believe it. <laughs> um, believe it, bitches. <laughs> In 1907, the United States instituted public policies that gave the government right to sterilize unwilling and unwitting people. Indiana enacted the nation's first compulsory sterilization law in 1907, and by 1929, 30 states had similar laws. Mm. These laws list the, quote, insane, quote, feeble-minded, dependent, and the diseased, all in quotes, as incapable of regulating their own reproductive abilities, therefore justifying government forced sterilizations. And it's no surprise that state officials use these laws to target black women, Native American women, and poor women and girls. And the sterilization of Native women in particular continued into the 70s. Because we are a just exceptional nation. Um, In 1914, uh, Margaret Sanger, who you may have heard of, she coins the term birth control and began her decades-long campaign to make contraceptives legal and available to women in America. Nice. Um, Shiro. Well, hold. hold. Oh, shit. Wait for it. God damn it. (laughs) These white women. God damn it. In 1916, Margaret Sanger opened the first birth control clinic in the United States, which was in Brooklyn. And in 1917, she began publishing Birth Control Review, a magazine about educating the public about contraception. Sure, huh? By 1921, she had founded the American Birth Control League, which was a precursor of Planned Parenthood. So, yeah, sounds like she's a shiro. Record scratch. No. <laughs> I was like, it's going so well. What could go <laughs> it's wrong? going so well. M- Maggie Sangi, what's yeah. going on? Oh, no. Um, by 1920, she kind of started getting too cozily aligned with those sterilization people. Oh, God. And in 1920, she publicly stated, quote, birth control is nothing more or less than the facilitation of the process of weeding out the unfit and of preventing the birth of defectives so margaret was a little bit of a eugenicist yeah in that way mags and was like the mother of planned parenthood yeah holy shit yeah it's kind of a bummer um but this is a little cool thing that i didn't know in 1941 the national council of negro women became the first national women's organization to officially endorse contraception cool so that's kind of cool. What is it called? Um, the the United National States? Council of Negro Women. UNCNW. National Sorry. National Council oh, of Negro N-C- Women. N C N. Sorry, I was just wondering if it was like a an acronym. <laughs> no, that I, we can wait, Meg. You figure it out. So what's the acronym? I, <laughs> I teach 
English for a living. <laughs> I thought you were trying to find like a hidden code. C- you were like, I still don't know what it I is. Can, I can crack it. Just give me a second. I still can't. I don't think I've gotten it right yet. No, I'm just wondering if it's like a, a known acronym, like SCLC or no, it's it could have. It could have become something more famous. But it I'm not sounds sure. very cool. Yeah. Um, and then 1953, we got the biologists John Rock and Gregory Pincus. The uh, one of them, I can't remember which, was the Catholic guy. Nice. They team up to develop birth control. And because at this time, state laws prohibiting contraceptive research. God, I can't speak. I love it. You've got like an extra sh in a lot of words now because of contraception. It's amazing. Because state laws prohibiting contraceptive research made it extremely. <laughs> because, because state laws prohibited birth control research, um, it was really hard to set up trials for the pill. So... These dudes, my dudes, mm-hmm. uh, controversially first tested the drug on patients at the Worcester State Psychiatric Hospital in Massachusetts, uh, and then on poor women in Puerto Rico. Oh God! God so, damn it! Yeah, and then 1960, Enovid became the first oral contraception <laughs> contraceptive. <laughs> And was approved by the FDA, and it quickly became simply known as the pill. Um, so, actually, now at this point in the juncture, with all that sadness and depressingness, <laughs> I didn't know that there was a song about the pill by Loretta Lynn. What? what? Yeah. Um, Loretta Lynn, 1975, releases her controversial what? country music hit, The Pill. <gasps> it was actually called The Pill? You wind me and dine me when I was your girl. Wow. Promised if I'd be your wife, you'd show me the world. But all I've seen of this old world is a bed and a doctor bill. I'm tearing down your brooder house, cause now I've got the pill. All these years I've stayed at home. While you had all your fun And every year that's gone by Another baby's come There's gonna be some changes made Right here on Nursery Hill You set this chicken your last time Cause now I've got the pill That is such a cool freaking song. It That's just badass. reminds me of how awesome the 70s were and how much <laughs> how much progress happened that like we take for granted. And that's not that that is not that soon before we were born. We were born in yeah. the 80s. Like this yeah. shit has not been here long and like all this stuff happening now just reminds me of how lucky we are to have the rights that we do and they mm-hmm. are not they're not like just given to you. People yeah, and they're not people are trying to take them away. Absolutely. Literally as we speak. I'm like so um, grateful for all the things that we have access yeah. to. So cool fun fact about that song. You should listen to the whole thing. There's some really good lyrics in it. Um she talks about like throwing away her maternity dress and like just cause wow. she's, wow. you know, putting on the pill. Um, rural physicians apparently said that that song did more to educate like rural patients than like anything that they had like any messaging Holy they could ever wow. do. Shit. Um, 
Amazing. Yeah, that's 1975. And then, um, you know, as we know, other forms of contraception were created, like the patch and IUDs and implants. Um, so that's like a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, so overall, our birth con- the, the birth control that folks with vaginas take are riddled with victories and racism, just like everything in our country. Um, but overall, what is missing from this timeline? Who is who's on the receiving end of these tests? People with uteruses, right? Like this is all birth control that was developed for women. Um, and in this timeline, there's no talk of of dudes getting any sort of birth control for themselves. So I want to talk about in this episode, why is there no birth control for men? I mean, we have pills, patches, shots, IUDs, rings, implants, like fucking like, I don't know, like nostril inserts, probably. If we have an orifice, someone has invented something to put a birth control into it. To prevent pregnancy. It's kind of the same function as like victim blaming. It's like, cool, so you're the one... That someone is impregnating, so we're putting it on you to prevent. It's on you. Yeah, and like we can talk about that. I, I could talk about this for a while because I feel like y- we also, at the same time, are the ones just biologically that do have to deal with the per- repercussions mm-hmm. of it. So that does make sense. But Sh- yeah, it's yeah. also but it's also put on us in a way that hasn't been put on men. So we'll right. get there. I'll, I'll get into it in a second. But let's first talk about what there does exist for men because they don't have nothing right there are condoms yes but which, Kate, condoms make sex feel less great no so like that's not really an option it's not really yeah and i would i would love to throw this out to you guys like when you have had p and v sexual intercourse what uh, mom mom plug your ears <laughs> earmuffs to all the moms what is um, that <laughs> good cover meg um, yes <laughs> we are th- in our 30s our moms know what's going on um one hopes so well Kate, I mean, I'm the pregnant, cat's out so. of the bag for you <laughs> no more pretending um but in your opinion when you you've you've used condoms has this usually fallen on the men? Are the men in charge of bringing condoms? Because I feel like I've been on both sides where it's like, it's sometimes their thing, but it's usually like, okay, I also have them too. Yeah, I always had my own stash. I had my own stash even before I started having sex. And I was like, I'm going to have sex by the time these expire. (laughs) You've talked about that before. (laughs) We had one in our apartment. So we had my college apartment. There were four, sometimes five of us living there. And someone had been to New York City and gotten a really cool, like New York City branded condom that we had taped in our bathroom because it was like a subway. It was like the subway logo or something cool, like the cool new york subway condom, man super cool condom and but it was also there for like if anybody needs it it was sort of like the apartment condom if you needed one and then one morning we woke up and it was gone and we were like who did who it and it was someone's it? first time so we were all very excited and they used the subway condom how they special used, i know i know this that should be a moment in a dumb sitcom because that is outrageous <laughs> so Every, like, i'm brushing my teeth and i'm like looking around and i just like eyes lock on, above <laughs> the light switch and i'm like the condom's gone <laughs> Um, so yeah I feel like in my experience I like you yeah I always had my own stash like yeah I had been I found myself in situations where I would be hooking up with someone and they would say well no I don't have condoms aren't you on birth control and I'd be like 
even if I am, I don't know you. I don't know your dick. This, this is a, for, a one night stand, and that's that's p- so totally cool. stupid. So I feel I, like that yeah. in itself is like a deal breaker type of test. Like mm-hmm. if a guy's just like, Hun- oh, oh, I forgot. Could we just? It's like, like yeah. just a little bit. No, no yeah, I've, You're I've an walked idiot. out. I've walked out of bedrooms like truly Good for you, uh, because of yeah. Um, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, yeah you um, should be. I'm proud of you. Yeah, 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 I would say. And yet here you are, knocked up. Okay. <laughs> God. God <damn> it. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say guys typically had them, but I would always try to have them just in case. Yeah. And I also feel like it's that thing of shaving your legs where like when you buy condoms, you're definitely not going to have sex. You're jinxing yourself for sure. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I remember like taking myself to a movie and buying stuff for the movie and being like, also condoms because you know who might text me tonight. No. No. That did (laughs) not happen. I went to the movies with a full box of condoms in my purse. And it probably stayed there for weeks. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, okay, so yeah, that's one form of male birth control is condoms. You said um, one. Isn't that the only one? Well, there's also vasectomies, right? Okay, um, fair. Which fair. Um, Meg Trowbridge, you sent us the really funny Guardian article by comedian oh, Rob Delaney. Oh, I have to read it. Damn it's, it. So I'll give you some, some funny excerpts. So the comedian Rob Delaney wrote about his vasectomy. So in this article, he talks about, you know, his, his wife pumped out four babies. So he's like, the least I can do is like get my tubes tied or whatever it is. So basically, this is how he describes it, what it is. This is from Rob Delaney. A vasectomy is when they cut and tie off the vas deferens, which are the little tubes in your ball sack, scrotum, so that there's no sperm, sperm, in your jizz, semen, when you bust, ejaculate. (laughs) (laughs) He should teach little kids about puberty. Truly. And my For favorite sure. my favorite phrase in that is when he talks about like every time he would like ejaculate, he calls it each time I sclablorped. Sclablorped. And it just comes in like a totally natural sentence. He's like, each time I sclablorped. Stop it. He like it hits this perfect level of it's sort of medical. It's sort of like, you know, an op-ed, but then he's also absurd like it's it's (laughs) so i looked into this i looked into tying men getting vasectomies um my dad i found out had a vasectomy after i was born which i was like good job dad um and i think i a lot of his friends also did so Mm -hmm. maybe just growing up i had this assumption that that getting your get vasectomies were more common than females getting their tubes tied like that's just kind of what I just was like oh yeah like right it's apparently it's it's easier it's less invasive and it's reversible and it's less recovery time but I looked into it and it turns out female sterilization aka tubal ligation or as we've called it before litigation tubal tubal litigation litigation. (laughs) um uh Tubal ligation is twice as prevalent as vasectomies in the U.S. God damn it. So, Come Despite on. the fact that vasectomies are equally effective, less invasive, and carries a lower risk of complications. Now, do, do women, people with uteruses, tend to have that done, like, right after birth? So it's kind of like, you're already in there. I wonder I'm how common sure. that is. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's, it's more involved than that. Um, I don't think it's something you just like go in and do. I we think could it's, do a like, whole episode on a that. Procedure. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But what I do know is that there's about 500,000 vasectomies in the U.S. every year. Um, studies have shown that it's typically whiter uh, people that do this. And it's covered um, people that tend to have insurance because it's covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's people that are from like the western north central regions of the country. So maybe alluding to a little bit more like affluent and educated um, folks that get vasectomies. Um but this is really interesting because in this article I read, the New York Times that had all this information, like it's they interviewed people that were like, why would I get a vasectomy? Like, I don't what I'm not. I want my jizz. Like, what if I what if my wife dies and I want another baby? Like, what if I want to marry someone younger? Like what? It's crazy that like that is still like your wife has pumped out all these babies or your partner. Yeah. And like and this it's is- re what if your dumbass drops dead and your wife wants more babies right exactly um also what if you walk into the middle of the street because you're that dumb because you're obviously an idiot you're a freaking (laughs) dumb dumb um it's also like i think a lot of people see it as like a sign of like demasculization it's like like you're chopping my balls off stop happening no you're just it just carries it, it doesn't carry um sperm 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 right so you still ejaculate but, it, but it's like, not you know, like dry dust comes out of your dick like <laughs> like just smoke <laughs> just like, it's not like you have a, <gasps> exactly it's not like an old man breathing <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. also do you remember in the real housewives of orange county probably when that oh, one couple yes, yes she she convinces her husband to get a vasectomy and she keeps calling it he's getting his balls chopped off and she has a balls voyage party for him and it's like she's such you a know she's hurting not, the cause did she though did she totally know i don't know that she knew i don't know at the time i think by like the time of the reunion she was like of course i know that's not what it is but it's like but did you i don't think she time? firmly knew i'm just gonna say that right now <laughs> lydia and then, okay, so yeah, so that we have condoms and then we have vasectomies and then, you know, the pull-out method, which I actually feel like I know a lot of people that that's the primary birth control they use. Yeah. Really? Um, they're committed. They know that they're not carrying any diseases and either they're just really aware of their cycle or they're like kind of shooting in the dark and whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I saw a lot of articles being like, men, am I right? They just don't have options. And I was like... Do they want options? Like, I didn't know that this was something men were clamoring for. But I have found that, like, this, which has surprised me, like, a lot of men actually do want birth control options. So in the early 2000s, men were interviewed in cities around the world, Edinburgh, Cape Town, Shanghai, Hong Kong. And the majority of men welcomed a new hormonal method of contraception. I love it. Up to 83% saying they would use a, a pill. Um, another study of over 9,000 men in nine different countries found that over half were willing to consider using birth control. Willing to consider a little bit anyway. <laughs> um, but that surprised me. And so if I someone started, said they wouldn't have sex with me, I would do it. Sure. I'd consider it if there was a gun to my head. <laughs> um, so I asked Carl also, and like immediately he was like really defensive. He was like, of course they would. Like, I think he knew I was doing this research. So he was sure. like, you're just going to paint it. as like all men don't want to. I'm like, I don't think that. And I actually want to know what if you would, because do you see what I put myself through for like the years yeah. we were dating? And like the resistance to condoms doesn't give me a lot of. Oh, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pete, uh-huh. your y'all's track record is not that yeah. great. Yeah. 
Exactly. You haven't showed up in the past, boys. And I've said, like, I told him, I was like, I didn't see you, like, wishing on a star for birth control when I was, like, standing in line at Walgreens <laughs> waiting for my doctor to, like, give the blessing that I could get a refill of, you know, like, the pill. Like, I didn't see you being like, darn, you know? So I was like, Kate, I don't know, if Carl. I could be in your place instead of... <laughs> I know. I never heard that. Um <laughs> So I actually went to my Instagram and I know that Meg also, Meg Hayes went to the Instagram on Vicious Cycle to ask folks with testicles, would they take birth control? Um, It was super scientific, obviously. Sure. But for me, um, I had some no's, but one was from a cis gay guy uh, (laughs) who was like, no. And I was like, well, you don't, your doesn't matter for you. Relevant yeah. to you. Um, but everyone else said yeah, oh, that they would. And the funniest part was is that like half of my answers were from women responding for their men. And I just like imagine <laughs> no. like all these all these conversations happening. Tell her, like, yeah. Ian, Ian, would you take male birth control? <laughs> Tell me right now. And then being like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so and then two people said one guy said, yes, but I would want to know side effects. And someone's husband said, yes, if it didn't do anything to my sperm. But it's going to do something to your sperm. That's the whole fucking point. Right. <laughs> like, like long-term negative effects or something? Yeah. Permanent yeah. or something. So, well, dude, and then you're I probably think- smoking weed. That's probably going to do way more bad shit to your sperm anyways, <laughs> which we're yeah. learning. And you're mm-hmm. all your hot tub time machining. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that movie's about. I really love when Meg cracks herself up. <laughs> I know, That's what that part. movie's about. <laughs> It's about guys realizing their jizz is not usable because they spent too much time in a hot tub. Look it up, folks. So they go back in time to write their... To stop getting in hot tubs. To tell all men, you stop it. Don't get in that hot tub. Like, yeah, so maybe there is the sense that, like, if there were options, men would be on board. So why hasn't there been options? I will tell you. Um, okay. Let me guess. Must Patriarchy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. That's, I, mean, I got that's, it. Yes. Um, well, that's yeah. one of it. But let's, let's also get into, like, the science of it. So, okay. um, well, first of all, because there has been traditionally such good options for, for folks with ovaries, there really hasn't seemed to be a need for it, right? Like mm. our options are really successful. You know, the I don't know what the numbers are. We could look it up, but it's like you know the pill and and IUD or pill, something. I think like it's around ninety two. Yeah. yeah, IUDs like yeah. ninety seven or ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, all in the nineties. So, so the testicle having version of birth control would have to be as good as that. You know, mm, we've had sure. decades to get it right. You know, they haven't because we all know it started with patriarchy and there it's continued. But so basically since there is a workable female birth control, no one is clamoring for it. You know, mm. no one's like, I need this. It's like, well, we but have I an also, option. It's working. But I also don't think men are being asked. Like you're saying literally women are, are taking the polls for their boyfriends. Yeah. Like it's these true. conversations aren't being had in any sort of male spaces. And it seems it's like true. once they're asked, they're like, sure, that sounds cool. Because yeah, men, exactly. aside from condoms, men don't really have control over. There's a lot of trust that happens on their end. Like, I'm trusting that you're taking the pill. I'm trusting that you're being regular with it and not forgetting. And so I could see 
men being like, I would like to be the one that's responsible because then I know for sure that, you know. Because I was thinking that too. And I think we'll talk about that later. Like, would we trust people we've just met to be like, oh, yeah, if it was like a male birth control pill. Right. But if there were two people both on a pill, that might be. Anyway, we'll get there. Another reason that there hasn't really been an option is because it's really hard scientifically to do. So I read this in a Yahoo article. I believe I'm quoting this verbatim. To interrupt fertility in a female body, a contraceptive needs to prevent a single egg from being fertilized, which can only occur in a limited time window. Males, on the other hand, create 1,500 sperm a second and are fertile at all times. They're fertile at all times. Hormonal treatments and development are designed to limit sperm production by lowering testosterone levels, but the effects need to be calibrated just right. Testosterone levels need to be low enough to create infertility, but not so low that they cause crazy low side, like crazy Mm. side effects. Um, So that's, it's it's true. We ovulate for a very small window. Um, Yeah. So that's just, it's logistically, it's a little more more difficult. Um, Interesting. So then there have been some um, studies, some clinical studies of male birth control. Um, a, a large study in 2016 was halted after the men in that trial reported serious side effects, including mood swings, altered libido, and acne. One guy even tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, these are issues associated with female birth control. Yep. So it kind of made news in 2016 because they cut the study short. Um, and you know, a lot of people were infuriated by this, like, oh my God, how, how could you, this, this is exactly what women go through. And we were, and and like the women in Puerto Rico that were tested on had to go through this, you know? Right. Um, but according to an article in Vox that kind of got skewed a little bit that, that the news reports on it, because in reality, 75% of the study participants said they wanted to continue with the the clinical trial, but it was one of the two independent committees that were monitoring, monitoring the trial that were concerned. So they shut the trial down. So some, someone made the decision in their head that this was too much for men. Like, Oh, this is too much. This is too dangerous. Not actually Um, the men themselves. Yeah. Maybe or like another man that's like, I'm shutting this down. (laughs) Right. And obviously, you know, if, if someone tries to commit suicide, that's, that's a, a scary. Thing. Yeah, Absolutely. of course. Um, but of course, that didn't matter probably back in the 50s when we were testing it on unwilling psychiatric patients. Right. Um, They're already crazy. So so some people say like drug companies might not be interested for that reason and for like, yeah, no one's clamoring for it. Um, there's cultural factors and like societal factors that like women are responsible for contraception and um there's this maybe fear among men that birth control would make them less masculine. And that's frequently cited in research. Um, one medical ethic. Wow. <clears throat> Tell us about the ethicist. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> one medical ethicist. That is hard. Point. That is difficult. I'll Thank give you. you that. That's tough. But but <laughs> Kate then put her thumb and pointer finger together, and it made all the difference. <laughs> One medical ethicist. <laughs> they said in an article. Was he a tubal ch- litigator by chance? He's a, by night, he's a tubal litigator. <laughs> um, he said in an article, "Men are just weenies." Oh, okay. oh, so quotes. that's you can yeah, quote quoted. me on that. <laughs> um, I know what I'm talking about. I'm an ethicist. <laughs> I'm an ethicist. <laughs> um, 
And so, yeah. And like traditionally it's fallen on women because we bear the child. It's in our best interest to not be pregnant if we don't want to be pregnant. Men can walk around their whole life not knowing that they've sired children or that they've, you know, birth, get sired. That's not the right verb. No, I I believed you. Isn't sired is like when you raise them. Anyway, men can walk around having sclaborped everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about what versions there are of birth control um, for men. So there's hormonal shots or injections. Um, And I read this in an article in Clue that this is male hormonal birth control in general is largely based on suppressing sperm, allowing for the body to produce semen without sperm or at such a low number that the body produces too little sperm to cause fertility. And this process is called azuspermia. Okay. Sure. So uh, I have azuspermia, lol, in parentheses. <laughs> really like it's kind of like, as you do, azuspermia. Azuspermia reduces the risk of pregnancy to about 1% per year, which is the same rate as female hormonal birth control. Now there's the pill. An oral birth control method for men has been developed. A 2019 clinical trial of this oral birth control showed promising results with few side effects. Um, So that's, it's an exciting option is what this article said. Um, There is also a gel that blocks sperm production. And this is the farthest along in trial. So this is a gel that you apply on your arms and shoulders. Wow. But you, on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, Maybe because it's close to your pituitary gland. Ooh, maybe. I don't know why. We're learning stuff. We're learning. Um, (laughs) The drug is reversible in the side effects, which are decreased libido, increased risk of sunburn, scaly rash, where you apply... All those side effects were found to be acceptable by most people in the study. I also have a higher likelihood of sunburn, which I just realized. Yeah, because I, I do too. Right. When, when I was on birth control. Yeah. Because I'm on hormonal birth control, even though it's like the lowest possible one. But then also because I'm on anti-anxiety meds, I didn't realize that also makes me susceptible to sunburn. So I got some big um, brown spots on my face. I wear sunscreen every single day, but it still wasn't strong enough to protect me. So now I'm on higher SPF and brightening cream. Oh, yeah. Because it was like significant. Like, and I'm I'm wearing like zinc, like I'm wearing the good stuff and it still wasn't enough. Yeah, I remember when I went off birth control, all of a sudden I didn't get burned as easily in the sun. And I was like, yeah, like I would still wear sunscreen, but I didn't, if I, if I forgot, it wouldn't be like a lobster in the next minute. Um, So yeah, so this gel, 80% of people in the study said that they liked it and they 50% say they'd be willing to use it as their primary form of birth control if it were available. Um, And so it's passed a safety test and a trial. So it's, it's like the farthest along. Um, Sweet. But it still might be up to 10 years because that's how long this stuff takes. Holy shit. But the cool thing is that the advantage of the gel over the pill is that because it goes into the skin, it stays in your bloodstream for longer as opposed to a pill, which you might have to take several a day. So. Oh, wow. And then another form of male contraception is. um, (laughs) I'm here for it, Kate. Let's just lean into it. Let's lean in. a non-surgical vasectomy, which involves injecting a gel into the vas deferens Ooh. in your testicle region to block sperm rather than cutting or tying the vas deferens. And that would be a um, one-time thing? Yeah, but it can be reversed with a shot that breaks down the gel. Sweet. Um, yeah, the Kevin results, was telling me about this. Yeah, the results, though, 
there have, there's been no human trial. It's only been done in rabbits and monkeys. So, Adorable. you know, um, I feel like all rabbits need that. They really I mean, do. I mean, it's what they're famous for. Meg, you sound just like the the eugenicist. No. There's just a lot of rabbits in my Are neighborhood. Are you a rabbit eugenicist? <laughs> How God. dare you? Not all of them. Maybe just a small number. The dumb ones. <laughs> no. No. What did the I get myself ones. into? I like rabbits. <laughs> Megan is a rabbit cyst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a vegetarian. I don't even eat <laughs> I don't even eat rabbits. I don't even eat them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So yeah, like I said, it'll be like 10 years. People are, people are really optimistic about male birth control, Mm. but still say it'll be about 10 years, but they're still excited about that 10 years. Like, you know, so maybe by, by the time we all go into menopause. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's hilarious. What I think is cool is like, you know, one, I think if there are more options, then we may truly see, you know, more interest and like willingness of, you know, cis dudes. Um, and uh, also it could just help with female birth control, you know, like politically. Right. Because mm-hmm. like they'd probably be less strict if it's like, well, it's for men and women. All right. I don't want to limit a man's such options. Such a good point. Because number one of your... One of my all-time favorite read my labias that you did was about that hymns uh, uh-huh. company that started delivering male birth control or started delivering um, erectile dysfunction EDM. meds to men's doorsteps, and you, your 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 thing <laughs> in was an like, unmarked box, no questions asked, no questions asked, like <laughs> for free probably, yeah. like, and, I, and you were like, we've been like clamoring for the same treatment when it comes to contraception. Fuck y'all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's such a good point. I didn't think about that too. That like, yeah, once men are taking birth control, suddenly I'm sure like the whole South will be like, oh, well, yeah, it's okay for men. <laughs> that's my Mitch McConnell. Covered a hundred percent. It's good. That was really oh, good. You. you talked like you had a waddling neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other cool thing about this too is that researchers say that if ev- if only ten percent of men um, took some sort of birth control. We would see unintended pregnancies fall by up to 5% in the U.S. and South Africa and by as much as 38% in Nigeria. Wow. Um, Wow. Because remember, like, there's some stat that's like 40 to 50% of all pregnancies around the world are unintended. Yeah. Um, And that could be forcible rate, uh, like forcible pregnancies, but it Mm -hmm. could also just be a married couple that didn't, an oopsie doodle. Right. There's another method of birth control that I would like to talk about, which is, I think, a little um, unorthodox and um, <laughs> I'm listening and practiced by not many people, but I found some like French websites dedicated to it. It's called the thermal method. And what it is, I mean, I think it's sort of like put raising heat in your genetical, <laughs> genital regions, <laughs> your genital regions. Let me start that over. My pregnancy brain. What is your Um, genital reason for doing that? (laughs) Give me a genital reason. I'm going to need four genital. (laughs) Okay. So it's, it's, it's increasing the heat in your genital region. Um, And so what this is, is basically using specific underwear where you where people with testicles. Okay. I don't know. 
delight. Kate's cupping and, a testicle in the yeah, air Kate right now. Yeah, Kate is holding <laughs> metaphorical testicles okay, in her hands. A testicle <laughs> is what's in the inside, right? The scrotum is the outside. Sure. Is the skin, yeah. The scrotum the is sac. the skin. The testicles, the testicles a little ball in the inside, right? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so sure. I, I had to look this up. <laughs> Um, You're explaining it like it's some sort of like stress relief ball. I know, like a toy. There's something inside the sack. It rattles. What this is, is that there's specific (laughs) underwear that raises the testicle from the scrotum to the base of the penis. Pardon me. Thus inducing a two degree Celsius elevation in the testicular temperature. So you're, I'm going to share my screen with you guys so you can see this image. So these little Holy testicles, molies. which are at the bottom of the scrotum, get raised to the base huh? of the penis and they get held How there is, in place by this underwear. I didn't even know that was biologically possible. Me neither. How this is, is the scrotum unaffected by this? It's, what do you mean? I don't know. Like, well, okay, here's what I'm seeing, um, dear listener. One, love that number four, the male model it's got a sweet old dad bod. Kind of got like a nice little, <laughs> nice. A pooch. Go to, way to go, France. Um, but I'm seeing, uh, you know, these two little dots in what it, what I would call the scrotum, mm-hmm. which, you know, hangs behind the flaccid penis in this diagram. And then you, you see the scrotum still hanging behind the penis, but mm. the black little testes, uh, have moved up. They look have like moved ovaries up. now. Yeah, well, I feel like even the scrotum. If the if the underwear, I, I mean, right? I don't know. This is like a thing that people do. Um, so hell? apparently it happens. So basically, it's somehow you're moving the the testicles higher up in the body, locking them in place, which raises the temperature, which decreases sperm. Um, this says, when worn for 15 hours a day, a daily sperm production decreases to a contraceptive level in two to four months. It remains at this level only if the daily wearing is continued. That's a lot of work. Studies, yeah, studies were conducted in 37 couples who used the thermal method as the only contraception for six to 24 months. They showed a very good efficiency, which means no pregnancy, and a return to normal sperm production in three to six months. And there were no side effects. That there is was no, nice. Like, no side yeah. effects. I mean, so, the undies are comfortable. I know. The, I found a French website that basically was like advocating this. I had to turn on the translation to like translate it. Um, but it felt like they were people were like, "This is the best way to like, you know, help help the lady and not have side effects." All right. Aww. I mean, this makes me want to like ask a consenting cis male if I can like play with their testicles because I didn't know that this was possible <laughs> this is for my podcast okay there's no like, sexual is it like is it like when you're wearing sweats and you like lose the string and you have to like <laughs> and you have to like yes and you have to find it. that little you have ball to, like guide yeah. it up is it like that I wonder <laughs> oh, okay man I don't guys like that it are listening try this at home and call us yeah. like don't don't like be in pain obviously but just like it doesn't sound like it's painful, right? Maybe just it like because they even try it out. Like fertility. We're not a doctor. Please say, don't. Like, please don't ruin your testicles on our account. Right, but please report back. Um, but like fertility specialists say, like you know, wear boxers, wear loose undergarments, and, and maybe it's just because of the heat. So maybe even the tighty whities um, that are popular in uh, America. 
may also have a similar effect and maybe these just exacerbate that. Yeah, I don't know. And then I saw... It might be comfy to have everything all... all Tucked in. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I know nothing about this stuff, so... Kevin I'll put on Carl his ear canceling headphones. So. Okay, ask him later. <laughs> no use. Ask him later. We'll we'll report back. <laughs> Meg, so, try this method, please. Please. I'll call the hotline. Okay, so my hand is. <laughs> well, so what do you? So that's so those are the you know the the methods of contraception that men have traditionally had that that are in trials. We've learned why it's hard to get the trials off the ground or why they traditionally haven't been done. So I'd like to just ask you guys like. If there was a pill or a shot or gel, like, would... I think we've already kind of talked about this, but, like, would you trust a guy, like, to do it accurate? Like, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, like Meg, you're married. Like, would you turn it around on him and make him do it? Or would you still want to take some yourself? Well, so, because what I think is interesting is I know it gave Kev peace of mind when I got the IUD um, because it was foolproof, you know? And, like... He had seen me multiple times be like, oh, I forgot to bring my birth control pack. Oh, well, you know, but we also use condoms for quite a while. So we really were not at risk. Um, But so now thinking about it, flipping the tables, I'm like, oh, yeah, like that gel that's basically a a vasectomy. That sounds ideal because the the injection into your balls. Yeah. Oh, is it like a. Needle with the gel. Well, the one that you said that's basically like a vasectomy. That that's yeah, and that's the one that's like least farthest along. I think the gel that you put on your shoulders is the one that's farthest along. I see. Well, because I mean, because the the if if that kind of non surgical vasectomy like that feels like the IUD equivalent, right? You know, so too. And like, and that would be like, yeah, I would totally like trust that and would support that and appreciate that. Yeah. And with the gel, I'd be like, oh, this feels loose. This feels like we're rolling the dice still. Yeah. And it's just crazy that there is this like really ingrained culture in us that like we're the ones that have to go through this. Like, yeah, like it, it's our it's really our biological consequence if we do get pregnant. Mm-hmm. But like think about the things we put ourselves through, you know, and like it's just it, it's like doubling down on the unfairness of the situation. Yeah. You know, yeah, it would be difficult to not be really angry with a guy for getting you pregnant because he forgot his gel. You know, like at least in yeah. this case, it's like, well, I forgot my pill, but oof, yeah, like the consequence for you is pretty big. You have a yeah. baby yeah. or yeah. an abortion that you have to now take on. Yeah, I would like the whole IUD equivalent, like one shot a year type of situation. Yeah, Mm. if that, I don't even, I yeah. Or if my partner, like, first of all, I would not just trust some cis dude off the street with this. (laughs) Um, I feel like it would have to be. Some rando I invited over on Craigslist. Um, If they were really good about it, maybe. But I feel like I would still maybe want, like, to figure out my ovulation. Like, I would still want an additional safety yeah. check still maybe a little pull outage too but can you imagine like had there been this in the 60s around the same time we were getting ours and there could have been all this like oh, yeah just like decades of of finessing it totally. and everything and then we'd both be equal and it would be great be great um, or yeah, you could both cool. take it and then there would be like next to no yeah possibility of having a baby 
I would like to end this bleed search, though, on this Twitter thread that I always come back to. I always think about this. It came, it was tweeted in 2019 by a Mormon mother. Um, No, sorry, September 2018 um, by this Mormon mother named Gabrielle Blair. And this is, I believe, around the time that Kavanaugh was being confirmed to the Supreme Court. And there was all this debate over like, you know, birth control access, maybe being up in the air because of the flipping of the SCOTUS. Um, which I just realized sounds like scrotum, which yep, sounds like scrotus. I heard it too. <laughs> um, I was like, it can flip too? Like, what am yeah, I it go- doing? <laughs> so this Twitter, I'm just going to read, I'm just going to read verbatim this Twitter thread. It goes, I'm, I'm skipping around because it's like a very long Twitter thread and we'll post it on our Insta. But um, this is around the time when people were debating like, yeah, just birth control access and abortion and stuff. So, okay, this is what she says. I'm a mother of six and a Mormon. I have a good understanding of arguments surrounding abortion, religious, and otherwise. I've been listening to men grandstand about women's reproductive rights, and I'm convinced men actually have zero interest in stopping abortion. Here's why. If you want to stop abortion, you need to prevent unwanted pregnancies. And men are 100% responsible for unwanted pregnancies. No, for real, they are. Perhaps you're thinking it takes two. And yes, it takes two for intentional pregnancies. But all unwanted pregnancies are caused by the irresponsible ejaculations of men. Period. Don't believe me? Let me walk you through it. Let's start with this. A woman can only get pregnant about two days each month. And that's for a limited number of years. That makes 24 days a year a woman might get pregnant, but men can cause pregnancy 365 days a year. In fact, if you're a man who ejaculates multiple times a day, you could cause multiple pregnancies daily. In theory, a man could cause a thousand plus unwanted pregnancies in just one year. And though their sperm gets crappier with with age, men can cause unwanted pregnancies from puberty till death. So just starting with basic biology and the calendar, it's easy to see men are the issue here. Then she talks about women's access to birth control and the horrible side effects and how men whine about wearing condoms. Da, 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 da. And she says, while we're here, let's talk a bit more about pleasure and biology. Did you know that a man can't get a woman pregnant without having an orgasm, which means that we can conclude getting a woman pregnant is a pleasurable act for men? Hello. But did you further know that men can get a woman pregnant without her feeling pleasure at Hello. all? Hello. This is why God says this male. In fact, it's totally possible for man for a man to impregnate a woman even while causing her pain, trauma, or horror. In contrast, a woman can have nonstop orgasms with or without a partner and never once get herself pregnant. A woman's orgasm has literally nothing to do with pregnancy or fertility. Her clitoris exists not for creating babies, but simply for pleasure. No matter how many orgasms she has, they won't make her pregnant. Pregnancies can only happen when men have an orgasm. Unwanted pregnancies can only happen when men orgasm irresponsibly. What this means is a woman can be the sluttiest slut in the entire world who loves having orgasms all day long and all night long, and she will never find herself with an unwanted pregnancy unless a man shows up and ejaculates irresponsibly. Mic drop. Boom. That's awesome. I read that thread when it came out, and I was just like, oh, I love you, lady. I, th- I think about this all the time. Me like, too. It's so, it's so true. Yeah. There are women that go their entire lives without orgasms and have a million children. Yep. It's and we so can, I think. sad. So sad. I always just think like, yeah, just 
Yeah, men can scorborp wherever they want. I remember because I'm Catholic and I didn't really know a whole lot even when going to college. I remember talking to this gay guy and he was like, I don't think my mom's ever had an orgasm. And I was like, how did how would you know? He's like, I just know. And like, I don't think I fully connected that you don't automatically have an orgasm as a woman with sex. Like Mm. I hadn't I was like. A freshman All or sophomore the movies make it look like yeah. it just happened. It's like I didn't fully understand that, even so mm-hmm. as old as I was. And it feels like biologically that should mean that we don't have to be responsible for birth control. Like had we evolved not in a patriarchal society, right. but just evolved evolutionarily it should be on the men Mm -hmm. like because they're the ones that contribute the ingredient that gets us pregnant all the time um so they should be the ones covering their junk anyway that's some food for thought and that's what i got for why there is no birth control for testicle havers Mm. um that was very interesting very interesting provoking i have some empathy for the reason why there isn't like you said if these things had all come out of a matriarchal or like an equal society there would absolutely be birth control for anybody and everybody Mm -hmm. um but that being said it does bring up some good biological points about you know people with sperm being able to impregnate someone all of the time and and it's harder to stop yeah you know suppressing so i think that's very interesting 100 sperm a second holy christ I do have a song. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, please. Um, okay. I actually had the idea for the song before I did any of the research. <laughs> That's typically how it goes here, a vicious cycle. My baby is super sweet. I feel like he's the one. And he loves me, loves me, loves me, but he always forgets to bring condoms. So I take the birth control and I say I don't mind. But then I get a migraine spell and I just want to yell, let's give it to the boys. Let's give cis men a shot. Let's shoot him with testosterone And we can say by two blood clots Okay I'm mad it always falls to me They won't even get vasectomies Whoa, 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 whoa Let's give it to cis boys And other people with testicles <laughs> Dance break My baby is down to try They're sick of pulling out So they ask me, ask me, ask me They ask me what this new pill's all about But what if my sex drive stops? Well, welcome to my life (laughs) You can wear the briefs that's just for blokes It'll do stuff to your scrot Let's slow down all your boys Let's make you rub on gel. <laughs> Please stop being a weenie. I swear your pain will work just swell. 
It might make you feel terrified, but try being forcefully sterilized. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow down all your boys. <laughs> so good. Oh, I love it. Yay. Thanks for listening to that. I was <laughs> Whoever's like, doing the ad campaign, hire us. Yeah, hire come on. Us. Let's let's abandon all your boys. boys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If your uh, partner with testicles has a thought either way, do you know anyone that's gotten a vasectomy? Um, Have you figured out how a scrotum and testicle, how they go in and up? In in please determinedly we need yeah. to know. I'm doing kegels thinking about it. <laughs> also, I'm thinking I wonder if this would be like extra helpful for trans men who um may be having sex with cis men because I wonder if like taking birth control would mess with their hormones. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there a lot of times, like if you're taking trans men tea, are already taking tea. Does it? But I wonder but how that works. Take, sometimes they also take birth control too. Yeah, remember? Yeah. Like we've heard from people like because you can still get pregnant, right? Exactly. So, gotta, like, so I'm like, yeah. this would be super helpful if you're, um, you know, like a gay or queer um, trans guy. Like if your partner is a cis male and they would be responsible for it it wouldn't mess with your hormones if that describes you please call us and let us know we would love to yeah. hear um how it how how your hormones work. work yeah cool and i think that's it okay um so that was the research and actually next week like i said earlier we are speaking with dr kate our amazing gyno friend and she has more thoughts on male birth control that also we didn't really think about which was really interesting so definitely stay tuned for next week for that um but before we go let's do a why i cried meg hayes <clears throat> why did i cry this week cry, cry this week. week nobody's supposed to be here when i talk about what I cried this week. There's a million reasons, but they're good this time. Oh, she cried. First (laughs) of all, like, have you guys realized that MVP stands for Madam Vice President? Now everyone's calling Kamala Harris an MVP. Oh, that's great. (sighs) I love that. Chills. I love that. So, I mean, I'll go first. Just everything having to do with Kamala Harris made me cry. Yep. Hearing her speech made me cry. Seeing the word madam written for the first time Mm. that wasn't like a fictional character (laughs) made me cry. Um, Seeing kids watch her made me cry. Hearing, like watching how excited other women, particularly black women were, made me cry. Yeah. All of it. Right. Megtro? Uh... I mean, we, we may all just have the same thing. I mean, because just now I was like taking a walk before we recorded and there was cho- uh, chalk art on the sidewalk. And all I could see was Biden. And then uh, and then I think underneath it said Harris. And then just like immediately I pictured like a post I saw that was like Madam Vice President. I was just like, 
like it just the tears well up so quickly yeah yeah it's it's funny it's funny i haven't actually cried i didn't cry during that big celebration and saturday and watching the speeches i think i'm just more relieved than anything i wasn't like i was happy and i was but i i didn't cry uh, which is weird because I've been crying at fucking everything sure. else like in the world. But I just think I was just really happy. But what I did cry about, I took my car, my new car on a little ride, um, just, I don't know, to the grocery store or something. And I blasted some music, yes. which I love doing, especially because I'm like, this is now where my baby's going to hear me sing. She's going to get used to my voice. And the two of you know what name I'm picked out for the baby. I'm not going to like blast it on the podcast right now, but it's a name that rhymes with a lot of things in songs. So I've been replacing her name in songs. <laughs> Perfect. And um, I was doing that in the car recently and I just like burst into tears. Like using her name in a song. It was, it was that, the, that really cheesy greatest showman song. Oh, this yeah. is me. Oh, I inserted her name into that song thinking like, oh, I'll sing this to her one day. And then I just like oh, losing it. <laughs> that song makes you cry on the regular. I know that. No. And now, yes. It, so that's what I, and I couldn't like get through the song. I was like, oh yeah, let me just pretend that I'm singing this on Broadway. And then the, yes, I'm emotional, but I have to get through it. And I couldn't. <laughs> no. Adorable. It's your, it's closing night. It's a, your last time with this cast. No, and I couldn't do it. Oh, my God. Th- th- that's the reason I'm not on Broadway. Just because I couldn't get through right. it. Sure, yeah. Because of the emotions. emotions. We know you can mash patch. Well, that's our episode this week. Kate, thanks so much for that bleed search. And uh, you'll definitely want to tune in next week because we have one of our most favorite guests coming back, Dr. Kate. The coven is complete. We have two Megs, two Kates. Um, and we ask her all of the questions uh, that... Uh, we would ask our own OBGYN if we had several hours to just gap with. <laughs> Tune in and find us on Instagram. We have a lot of fun over there and we think you'd really like it too. Or you can rate us on iTunes. Um, that would mean a lot to us or leave a review. Call our hotline 9106-UTERUS and tell us all about your periods. Um, and until then, until next week, keep calm. And And fuck fuck Trump. Trump.